Welcome to the Cody Felger Podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking Colts football. Here is your host, Cody Felger. Welcome back to the Cody Felger Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Felger, and today we have a very cool interview. On with us now, Pete Sampson of The Athletic. Pete, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming on. So, Pete, starting right in, you've been covering Notre Dame now for 18 years. You've seen a lot, a lot of prospects. The Colts took one of those prospects last year in the draft by selecting guard Quentin Nelson, number six overall. My question for you, Pete, is out of all the offensive line prospects that have come out of Notre Dame in the last 18 years you've been covering them, what stands out in particular from Quentin Nelson? I mean, I've seen some good ones. McGlinchey, Stanley, the Martin brothers, um, you know, you go back to Ryan Harris a little bit. Um, that was sort of when I started covering them. I mean, genetically, there he is quite unique in terms of how wide he is. I mean, <laughs> usually when a guy is built like a square, it means that they're like five foot ten. Um, you know, and he's six three, six four, and still squarish. Um, so it, you just. So and anyone who watched him with the Colts last year figured this out pretty quickly. So the guys are just not built like that, even at the NFL level. Um, so that's part of it. But then he's just a, an animal, uh, and he was so he came along at the right time at Notre Dame because it was sort of when like Twitter and offensive line clips were easy to post um, and cut up, and people could sort of look at that and be like, "Holy crap, this guy's absolutely destroying people away from the play." <laughs> Because what do we all do? We all watch the ball, pretty much. Um, and so then when you go back and watch the film of the game, you start to get away from that, and you start watching some of the offensive line play and what's happening there. Um, he came. <laughs> it's interesting for a guy who is sort of not social at all, uh, social media has really done a good job in terms of building his profile because it just made it easier to see, like, wow, this guy, he loves destroying people it doesn't just destroy him he takes pleasure in it uh and that that's rare i think even for for high-end prospects to really enjoy just kicking the crap out of people yeah and i remember last year when uh when he was talking uh i think when he first got introduced he's like i want to take away people's will uh to play the game which is pretty intense coming from a yeah. you know any player um but one thing that I noticed last year with Nelson is just how good of a teammate he was, where you saw at the end of plays, Nelson would be the first one down there to pick up his guy. Uh, it seemed like about every play you'd see that. you just see number 56 running down, uh, picking up uh, T.Y. Hilton, picking up one of the running backs. Um, what does that speak, and what, what kind of teammate uh, was he at Notre Dame? Similar. I mean, I think that, that he was really close with Mike McGlinchey, but also Sam Mustafer and Alex Bars, two guys that are coming out this year from Notre Dame's offensive line group. Um, I think being in Notre Dame was important to him. And, I mean, it's not its not like coming back for his senior year was automatic. Um, you know, he, he could have come out and probably been a late first-round pick a year earlier or an early second-round pick. But he enjoyed being in Notre Dame, sort of being on a college team, um, you know, the camaraderie that came with that. He loved Harry Easton as offensive line coaches with the Bears now. So, I mean, there's, there's a ton um, that I think translated from Notre Dame to the NFL. And, you know, I think in college it's sort of easy to be a good teammate when you're a great player and you enjoy what you're doing and you're winning a lot of games. Um, you know, in the NFL it's probably a little bit harder when the you know the Colts got off to an uneven, uneven start and then sort of turned it on. Um, 
you know, I, I think he's somebody that if you were you were playing with him, you would want to try to beat that level. Um, you know, when he's running down and picking up the running back or, you know, just destroying people who get a little too close to Andrew Luck, I, I would think that would that would resonate with guys, um, especially other offensive linemen, tight end, running backs, you know, that, that those guys who are close to him physically on the field. Right, definitely. And, and kind of looking at, like, the transformation of the Colts offensive line, I mean, from 2017 to 2018 going from their quarterback being the most sacked in the league to the least sacked in the league or, or one of the least sacked in the league, I'm curious, does a player like Nelson, does he bring kind of that set-the-tone mentality, like, we're going to run the ball, we're going to protect our quarterback, and we're going to dominate you? And second, how much credit do you give Nelson for the Colts' offensive line turnaround in 2018? Yeah, I'm sure that's it's got to be a reason, but, I mean, no offensive line was built for, like, with one great player and a bunch of scrubs, right? I mean, it's, you have to have five really good players. Um, the Colts happen to have probably four good players and a great player, I'm guessing. Um, you know, at Notre Dame, they had two top ten picks in Nelson and McGlinchey. I think Mustafer, their center, is probably a mid-round pick to a late-round pick. Uh, Alex Bars um, is probably a third-round pick if, if he doesn't blow out his knee um, at the end of September. So, I mean, he played with really good players at Notre Dame is sort of my point. Um, you know, but it, I, I don't think that he would tell you or – and I think you'd be right. Like, it's his, his attitude might have a lot to do with the Colts, um, you know, rising up. The, the rankings of, of sacks allowed, but I think that it certainly goes well beyond his physical ability is the reason you would go from worst to first in terms of sacks allowed. But, uh, I mean, the, the attitude can't do anything but help, but certainly it takes some, some real physical ability at some point too. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about his personality a little bit. Uh, we know that you talked about Quentin Nelson's kind of a private guy. Um, but then, you know, with the rise of social media, with <laughs> you probably saw the, the whole dub thing that the Colts did where he was destroying a guy and yelling. Um, what, does that, what does that mean like to Nelson um, to, I don't know, going along with his personality? It's like, how does Nelson handle that? Well, what, what is in his mindset? What does he want to do? I, I guess getting to know Nelson a little bit, a guy that's covered him for years. Um, what kind of personality is Nelson? Uh, I mean, the social media aspect of it, in terms of, like, the Colts putting out that video, like, I don't think he cares, um, you know, nor do I think. There was a play against, in the Georgia game from the 2017 season where it was, like, on all of his draft uh, profiles that he picks up this blitz from the opposite side of the field, comes from left guard, basically from, you know, his gap, the B gap on the left side, all the way to the, the C gap, I think, to pick up a blitzing safety. It just absolutely depletes him. Um, and that sort of went viral, and you know, everyone on the Notre team is retweeting it, and, you know, everyone's talking about it. It's on SportsCenter, all that kind of stuff. Was, and the play was an incomplete pass. It was not, you know, it's not some great play that, that uh, really impacted the game for Notre Dame. But I think that everyone seems to enjoy that stuff. Um, Quentin Nelson enjoys doing it. He doesn't really enjoy talking about it. I remember after the Citrus Bowl, he he took Devin White, who's you know probably going to be a first, I think a first round pick, Buckus Award winner out of LSU, that linebacker, um, you know, and drove him straight out of the end zone on a two point conversion. I mean, just it, it was the classic take your will away from you play. Uh, and I asked him about it after the game, and I was like, so did you also choke slam a guy? 
And he's like, he just kind of chuckled and was like, yeah, that felt pretty good. And that was it. I mean, that was the whole answer. Um, you know, he does, he does not like doing media or interviews. Um, you know, I've bumped into him at some events or around, and, you know, he's a, he's a guy to sort of just talk to and, you know, spend five minutes with just sort of like, how's your, how are you doing? How's the family? You know, what? you know, what's, what's going on, that kind of stuff. But I think as soon as the recorder comes on, he just sort of like turns into a different person doing media is just not, uh, not his thing. So I, I think that the Colts beat media is probably getting the, the same experience that we got at Notre Dame. It's just that Notre Dame, when he got there, I think he was so nervous about it at the first time. You couldn't tell if he was nervous or just didn't want to do it. And it turns out it was both. Now, in the NFL, I don't think he's nervous doing media anymore. He just doesn't really like doing it. So, mm, Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know how much you watched uh, of Nelson's tape, uh, I guess, this rookie year. Um, but Nelson's a very, you know, he, he, he always thinks he can improve. Um, and so I'm curious, what did you see from Nelson's game in his rookie year? Had a great year, historic year. What did you see in Nelson's game that maybe he could continue to get better at um, coming into 2019 and then, you know, go, continuing on into his NFL career? Yeah, I mean, I only sort of consumed the Colts through probably uh, Twitter video of Nelson destroying people. So it's hard to sit here and say, like, oh, if he, if he was better pulling to his right, this would this would be a, you know, a jump up because he was already you know, a Pro Bowl player as a rookie and yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if he stays healthy, he'll be a Hall of Fame player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and having covered Zach Martin, who is like as perfect technically as any offensive lineman I've covered here in, in almost twenty years. I think, and I think even Quentin Nelson will tell you that. Like, from a technical standpoint, Zach Martin is a better player than he is. However, mm-hmm. from a physical standpoint, Quentin Nelson has some stuff that is just like comes around once every 10, 15 years. So, I think. Quentin Nelson is, is in a good spot because he knows he knows there's somebody out there who's better than him technically. And he it's not just that he knows that this person exists. He actually knows him. He's friends with him uh, and Zach Martin. So I think that it's just sort of like watching what Martin is doing in Dallas and how his career is progressing, I think, is a really good template for Nelson. Um, I am not smart enough to tell you what all those things are uh, in terms of the, the X's and O's, but... If you have a Zach Martin as a role model and you can call on Harry Heastan, who's with the Bears now, just in terms of, hey, can you check in? Like, what do you think about this? Like, because Heastan is an interesting guy where obviously the Bears are his employer, but he is very loyal to his guys. Um, where he was actually giving Mike McGlinchey coaching pointers during the Bears 49ers game last year. Um, wow. So Nelson has a lot of resources to go to. And. It's just, it's really important to him. Um, he knows that his rookie year is not the best he's going to be, uh, and he knows where he can get better. But in terms of me sitting here and saying, like, the technical stuff he needs to get better at, I'm not really sure. Um, I just know that he's a workaholic, and he'll, he'll get done whatever he puts his mind to. Most most definitely. Another player I want to talk, out, talk about um, who's also on the Colts, he actually just got tendered uh, last week, I believe, is Matthias Farley. He's been with the Colts for, I believe, two, three years now. Um, what kind of player was Farley like at Notre Dame? Because he, he came in as the Colts, uh, on the Colts roster as an undrafted free agent, and nobody really knew who he was. And then he had a pretty good season in 2017, and unfortunately – 2018, he was on injured reserve. But what kind of player was Farley like at Notre Dame? You know, it's inter- his, you go back to his high school career. He was, he 
was kind of like a soccer player who then tried to play football, um, you know, was athletic enough to get looks from a place like Notre Dame. Uh, but, I mean, he wasn't a national recruit. This was your, so your classic three-star developmental type player. He actually enrolled as a wide receiver and redshirted, and then they moved him to defensive back. Uh, and then he started on the team that lost to Alabama in the national championship game hmm. due to somebody else getting injured. Um, and then played a bunch, pretty much just played all the time from there, but was never somebody I think that blew you away physically, mentally. He is an incredibly sharp guy, um, you know, very much into the playbook, uh, diligent worker, all, all the stuff that I think in the NFL is, is probably a little bit underrated when we're talking about guys and how they project. Um, he's just not somebody you're ever going to have to worry about if you're a, a, a head coach or a defensive coordinator or a defensive backs coach. It was just more the the athleticism. Was he going to be good enough to hang at the NFL level? And honestly, I, I thought probably not. And I think the NFL felt the same way, which is why he was undrafted. So um, I think his career, that the fact that he's had an NFL career is really impressive to me because – I, he's not somebody who's going to blow you away in a 40 or a vertical jump. He's sort of going to be one of those guys that I think teams, the team that he's on is going to try to draft over him probably every year, but it's going to have a hard time doing that um, just because he's such a reliable sort of, you know, third safety special teams guy. You know, is he somebody that you would want starting on a Super Bowl contender? I don't know about that, but he's certainly somebody that I want on my 53-man roster. Yeah, I guess I'm curious. You know, he he can obviously play safety. What other things can Farley do um, for you know for a team? He's probably a very versatile player. You know, mentioned he played receiver, played defensive back. What else can he provide um, to an NFL team like the Colts? I mean, I think that sort of that reserve safety on every special teams unit is a, a good place for him to be, and and then he's like a no maintenance player. Um, you know, he's. He's not somebody you have to tell to, something to do twice. He's an easy guy to have out sort of in your community. I know, you know, following him on Twitter, it sounds like I see him tweeting about some of the stuff he's doing in the community around Indianapolis, um, you know, with Col- other Colts players. He's somebody that I would, you know, I, I would absolutely want him interacting with the community and schools and all that stuff. I mean, it's just like he's a good just a good guy. He's a good program guy in college. He's a good franchise guy in the NFL. Um, that you would want to be associated with whatever you're running. Um, and then he's going to be somebody that could be in all your special teams unit and help you out in, in the defensive backfield for for five, six years uh, at least. And, you know, somebody you just don't have to worry about. Yeah, and Colts GM G, uh, Chris Ballard, he, he talked about how much he loves Farley and loves everything that he stands for. Uh, so my question to you, Pete, is what can a guy like Farley bring as tr- in terms of a locker room? Uh, what can he bring to a locker room like the Colts uh, that's very, very ba- valuable for a player like him? Yeah, I, mean, I think it goes beyond like the no-maintenance attitude. I think, you know, if you have a younger guy, like let's say the Colts draft um, – you know, Deontay Thompson from Alabama or, you know, another one of the top safeties that are out there. Farley is not, I don't think Farley's going to be one of those guys who just sort of like, hey, you're here to take my job. I'm not going to help you do that. I think he's still like, okay, if this helps us win and make the playoffs, then I'll do whatever it takes to help this guy get up to speed. Um, so, I mean, that's very helpful. I think he's an easy guy to talk to, whether you're a defensive back or an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, I don't, or quarterback, I don't think it really matters. So, um, in terms 
of being a locker room guy, I think he's it's you know in the same way he's no maintenance with your your coaches and your GMs. I also think he's like a really good sort of cohesive personality in the locker room too. Um, you know, smart, bright, intellectual guy uh, into a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, and then it's again it's, it sort of goes back to what I said earlier. If I was a GM, he's somebody that I would want on my fifty-three man roster. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> One more question for you, Pete. I know you're a very busy guy. So some Notre Dame Fighting Irish players are going to enter the draft, and you you already mentioned a few of those players. Who are some of the players that you think could potentially be picks or on the radar of the Colts uh, in the draft? Well, I think, uh, I guess I'm not too familiar with what the Colts' needs are, but I think the highest-rated guy coming out of Notre Dame will be Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle, who's kind of uniquely built for that position. Um, you know, he's not a nose guard, even though he played a little bit of a college. He's a six foot six guy who's sort of skinny at three hundred ten pounds, uh, very athletic, very flexible. Um, you know, sort of your your interior pass rushing defensive lineman and you know look he went against Quentin Nelson every day in practice for a couple years so that is I think sort of helped sharpen his uh his attitude a little bit so I mean that's that's the highest rated guy I think that um you know among the other draft picks you know it's Drew Tranquil is an Indiana guy out of Fort Wayne um who was a two-time captain played three positions here probably similar to Farley in some ways where he's going to be every every group of special teams Maybe more of a backup linebacker than a, than a starter out of the gate, but um, you know, again, somebody you'd want on your fifty-three man roster. And you know, I think the other guys that are interesting: Miles Boykin, the receiver, had a great combine. He's a Chicago kid. I don't know if he'll ever be a true like number one wide receiver. I think being a sort of a number two is is the the, the top for him. Um, and then Dexter Williams, maybe more of a your third running back. Coming out of Notre Dame, and Alex Bars is like if the Colts want to go from strength to strength, I think Alex Bars would really be a valuable pick um, for anybody because he's sort of a, a late second, early third round talent that you're probably going to be able to get in the fourth or the fifth round just because of his knee injury in September. He was really playing the best of any Notre Dame player offensively or defensively last year when he got hurt. Um, you know, then Julian Love is, is maybe one of the last guys to, that's really worth mentioning. The cornerback, Thorpe Award finalist, set the school record for PBUs in a career um, and in a season. Just, I think, again, a no-maintenance player, athletically not going to blow you away. But in terms of somebody who's really reliable, um, I think he'd be an easy guy to slot into any secondary anywhere. And it could help you as like a nickelback as well. Hmm. Absolutely. We'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see, Pete, who the Colts select in the draft. It's coming up very, very soon. Hey, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to talk a little bit about Notre Dame and about the Colts. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We'll have to do it again soon. Again, that was Pete Sampson of The Athletic. He covers Notre Dame athletics for The Athletic. You'll have to check his workout. He has some great stuff on there. Hey, this is Cody Felger. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I would love it if you liked and subscribed. And also, if you left a comment, let me know what you think. You guys can also find me on social media. You can just find me on Facebook just by typing my name, Cody, last name F-E-L-G-E-R. Or you can find me on Twitter at CPFelger55. 
So be sure to check me out there. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate the support. It really means a lot coming from you guys. So, yeah, I hope to keep up these great videos. Thanks for listening.